so much is going on in the world right now. Whether it's in the news or celebrities, pop culture, politics, or even in my own life personally. And so I thought I would try something new today. I'm going to do a completely off the cuff show. No prep, no planning, no research. And I've never done it like this before, but I'm going to try it. I don't know how it's going to go, but we're going to do it. So let's get into it. Welcome to Big Time Small Talk, stories and observations beyond small talk. I am your host, Jody Rollins, and pardon me, today I thought, you know what, I have time. It's 11.06 p.m. The baby is sleeping. The husband is sleeping. The house is quiet. Let's do a podcast. And Usually what I do is whatever I'm thinking I want to talk about, either I do some research or prep or kind of think about the ideas or the concepts or the sort of takeaway point that I want to make. And because I, let me just just my microphone here, it's kind of sagging. Um, because I, oh, this is so frustrating. This microphone holder is just being difficult here. Give me a second here. Um, That's better. Because I didn't really have the chance to do that for this particular show, I thought, well, let's just uh, do a very 100% complete freeform episode. And so here I am. I figured I would talk about what's been on my mind lately and uh, share with you guys and just see what comes off the top of my head. First thing I was thinking about is, um, mm, let's see, there was that shooting in Buffalo and it was this insane white nationalist, white supremacist guy who literally, he researched the zip code that had the most amount of black people in it and drove three hours to get there. It was in, you know, um, I guess he lived in some town south of Buffalo that I never heard of. I don't actually know if it was south. I know it was three hours away. And uh, and then shot them up, you know, went to a, a Tops grocery store. I've never heard of, nor have I been to a Tops, T-O-P-S grocery store. And he just started mowing people down. And I, I, it's just killed 10 people. It's just shocking. I mean, even though we all know like these mass shootings happen, but each time like they it seems like they get more and more gruesome, whether it's a school shooting or someplace else, but just a grocery store, something we all do going in there just to grab something, pick up your groceries for the evening, for the week, whatever. And to know that these people were targeted because of the color of their skin is frightening. You know, I was um, watching, uh, well, I should say I was swiping or scrolling through uh, Instagram and the Lincoln Project, which is a page I follow, which is a bunch of 
uh, former Republicans that have turned their back on the Republican Party because of Donald Trump and the extreme right wing um, lunacy, conspiracy theories, Trump loving end of the party has just ruined it for them. And so I completely just, if you follow their page, you can see, again, it's called Lincoln Project or The Lincoln Project. And they post a lot of things that they just see as being absurd or wrong or terrible or politically just damaging, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And they had posted this video of Tucker Carlson. And he is a column, I almost said columnist, uh, commentary person on Fox News, political commentary. And whenever he talked about, and they, they basically got a bunch of different clips from his past shows. And whenever he talked about shootings where a black person or a minority shot mostly white people, or if there was a black racist, he was like, this is about race and this is terrible. This is racism and, you know, blah, 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 blah. And then whenever it was a white person who shot black people, it was, well, this isn't all about race. It's just a crazy person. So if it was black people being hurt, maimed, killed, oh, well, look at that person. It's mental illness. But if it was white people maimed, hurt, or killed, it was, this is pure evil. This is racism. Look what's happening in our country. And it was striking to me to see the difference. And I know people who love, I know one person who loves Tucker Carlson. And it's just garbage. And it's sad to see that people don't look at the comparison. And look, people on the left have their problems too. Don't get me wrong. But the stuff that I see in this extreme end of the Republican Party, and I know and love and care for Republicans. I'm talking about the, the conspiracy theorists, the Trump lovers, not people who are like, well, I hate Hillary, so I guess I got to vote for Trump, whatever. Anyone who voted for him twice, um, just all of that. And we don't even need to get into it. But to watch the flippant nature with which Tucker Carlson talks about race when it comes to black people is disgusting. It's just, it's, it's so frivolous. And the message that he continually sends is, hey, black people, hey, brown people, hey, minorities, your life is good in America. Quit your bitching. You're making it sound worse than it is. And you know that saying about you'll never know what it's truly like to be a man unless you walk a mile in a man's shoes or something along that those lines about walking in a person's shoes. He is one of the whitest of white people. He has no idea what racism and hatred feels like. Zero. And yet he will dictate and speak on race as if he does. And it's obvious when you look at many, 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 many of his shows, you can see what he really believes, that it's just not that big of a deal. 
He doesn't know what it's like to not get a job because of the color of your skin. I do. He doesn't know what it's like to get fired from a job because of the color of your skin. I do. Now he can probably come up with some grudge and say, well, I, I probably would have gotten a job at XYZ TV station, but there was some kind of diversity training and they were like doing all these things to hire minorities. So I didn't get a job. Look, I understand that race and diversity and all of this is tricky, but that could have been one experience in his life. And I don't even know if that's even happened to him. A lifetime of prejudice and bigotry and marginalization is very different than that one or maybe two jobs that you didn't get. And a lot of times when you see things like affirmative action, it's about righting wrongs. And again, it is tricky. It is confusing to people. Well, why would you give a job to a black person instead of a white person if the black person isn't as skilled or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? I understand that. But when you listen to Tucker Carlson talk about race, it is very obvious that he doesn't know about the damage it causes, about the pain, it being racism, that it causes, the suffering. You know, I listened to this radio show and they were like, why is it a hate crime? If you go and shoot up a grocery store and it's a bunch of different races, that's bad. And if you go up a sh and shoot up a grocery store and you shoot up one race, that's also bad. How and why is it different? They're all hate crimes because you hate these people, apparently, and you shoot them. You shoot them and everyone's equal. Everyone's just as dead. So why do we need hate crimes? I'll tell you my definition of a hate crime and why we need it. Because when you target specific people, and in this case, we're talking about what happened in Buffalo where black people were targeted. And that doesn't mean we, we all know there are times when white people are targeted, when Asians are targeted, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But when you target one particular group, it's not just a crime against that person. It's a crime against humanity against a people and you are taking your hatred out for a people a group of people on one or many and that's very different when you're just like i just want to shoot this person as terrible as it is we as a society have said when you target specific groups it is more heinous now if you want to disagree with that that's okay I don't agree with your disagreeing with it, but it's you're, you're right. But that's what our society has decided. Hate crimes are more egregious, not because my life is worth more than yours. Anyone, if a black man stands up today and goes into the local grocery store because he's pissed about what happened in Buffalo and he horribly horrendously guns down 10 white people and kills them, that is also a hate crime because he is committing a crime against a people, not just an individual. And so, I mean, that's the best way I can describe it. And that's what I see it as. And I know personally 
when I think about these things, it's like I just couldn't even watch too much of the the facts on this story in Buffalo because I'm like, that could have been me. I mean, I don't live in a black area, but what if I had been there? I would have just been another black face that he wanted dead. And I just, ah, these shootings, it's just, it, it's just, they're heartbreaking. And so <clears throat> that was really on my mind this past week. And another thing, I, I do want to sort of pivot, another thing that's really big right now, like everyone's talking about it, is this Johnny Depp, Amber Heard trial. And there's all these jokes and memes, and I laugh along with the next guy, sort of, but it's really at its core sad because I saw some of the videos of Johnny Depp just wasted high on something or drunk or both, like drooling, like, like slumped over. I've seen videos of him so wasted where he's throwing things, smashing things in his kitchen where Amber, you know, snuck a video recording of him. She's alleged to have taken a dump, a bowel movement, if you will, poop in his bed and smeared it around. She's alleged to have slapped him around and she admitted it. He's alleged to have defended himself, but says he's not a wife abuser, but maybe hit her in defense. Like it's an ugly mess, but it's all being portrayed like, oh, she's a hundred percent crazy, which I'll be honest. She does come across when you hear some of these stories, like she is a little Looney Tunes and out there and unbalanced. But at the same time, Johnny Depp is making jokes on the stand about how much he drinks or smokes or how much cocaine he did with Paul Bettany, another famous actor. He was in A Knight's Tale and a bunch of other stuff I can't think of right now. But uh, to me, it's just not funny. It's sad. And first everyone was like, oh, well, Johnny Depp is the abuser, like a couple of years ago, I guess when it, like a lot of this stuff came out and he was very much not sober when he would go to award shows and present awards. I think it was the Golden Globes. He was obviously not sober. And so everyone sort of thought all this negative stuff about him. And now he's suing Amber and all this craziness comes out. And again, some of it is funny, but a lot of it is just destructive and it's pain between two unhealthy people. But now, because the internet thinks it's entertaining, and he is entertaining. I've seen him on the stand. He's kind of suave. I don't think Johnny Depp is attractive. I don't get it. He used to be back in the day in 21 Jump Street, one of his first TV shows, if not his, the first. He was very attractive. Now he just looks bloated and, I don't know, strange to me. But the internet has chosen sides. The mass... The masses have decided, oh, no, no, it's not, it's not Amber. I'm sorry, it's not Johnny who's the bad guy, which we had recently thought in the last few years. It's now Amber who's the bad guy. 
and everybody's siding with Johnny. There's a, a petition to have Amber Heard replaced from, I think, one of the Pirates movies or some movie. No, actually, it was uh, Aquaman or something along those lines. Because Johnny Depp lost a job. Why shouldn't she? And I don't know who's right, who's wrong, what's fair, what's not, who should be replaced, who should be fired, who shouldn't be, whatever. But at its core, it's two very sick people. It really is. I mean, she's had a drug problem and an alcohol problem, allegedly, I think. I may have lost track of all the details, but we know Johnny Depp has. I mean, you should see these text messages. They're, they're violent and abusive in, in just the words. Like he was talking about, I don't even remember the specifics. He was texting his friend or his friend was texting him back about how he would just do all these disgusting things to Amber if he had the choice or if he had the chance. It's just not funny. Because if you take away all of their money, all of their millions of dollars, all of the jewels, all the nice clothes, houses and cars. They're just two messed up people beating the crap out of each other. And they have kids, I think. I don't know if they have kids from each other or with each other or other partners or something. This is, this is somebody's dad and somebody's mom, I think. I don't know if she's the mom of his kids. I have lost track. It's embarrassing because he's either lying on the stand as well or she's lying or they both are because he says she pooped in the bed. She says it was our dog. Very different stories. And I just, I don't know, seeing people on the internet think this is just hilarious is sad because here we are. What is it? It's May, May 18th. And, uh, it's actually Mental Health Awareness Month. And your mental health is not balanced if you are addicted. Your mental health is not a strong, doesn't have a strong foundation if you are living in a life of addiction. And they both are. And they're both wound up in this big miss, mishmash mess of he said, she said. And if you look at all the memes on Instagram and TikTok and Snapchat and Facebook and the videos and the mocking of the trial, it's funny. And it's like, hashtag Team Johnny. This is a guy that like smashes a bunch of stuff in the kitchen, in that famous video, you can Google it and see it. Even if she played it up, like, you know, got him fired up and then started the video, like in, no, I almost said interrogated him, antagonized him. I could antagonize the crap out of my husband. He's never going to throw a wine bottle down in the kitchen and start pushing plates or whatever he did and smashing windows and things. That's insanity. So I don't know, call me a stick in the mud or whatever. And again, I'm, I'm not perfect here. I'm as flawed as the next person. I laugh at some of it because it's so absurd. But really, really and truly, none of it's funny.
Not to me anyway. So, I don't know. I guess we'll see what happens. It, it, it seems like this trial has been going on for months, but I guess it's only really been, I don't know, several weeks, but it's going on and on and on and on. And you can watch all the clips on YouTube or little short snippets. You can just Google them. Like what was, what are today's highlights? But, um, I don't know. I, I just was thinking this is mental health awareness month. It's not funny. It's just not. If it were a TV show, sure, it might be entertaining. And I think that's part of the problem is it feels like a TV show. It's entertaining. So it feels like entertainment. But these are real people with real lives. And they are so screwed up. Another thing that was on my mind along the lines of uh, mental health awareness, and I want to pivot again, is... Uh, Naomi Judd, who was a famous country singer. She was really, she and her two daughters were in a band called the Judds, or I think it was just her, actually, it was maybe it was just her one daughter and the other daughter was an actress. I lost track. But anyway, she has two daughters, Ashley Judd and Winona Judd. And later on, the Judds split up and Winona went on to sing country by herself. And I think Naomi continued on. I'm not really sure. But I don't know too much about Naomi. I knew she came from a hard life. I think they lived in a trailer with, you know, when the daughters were young and just she had gone through a lot of things. And I think she was in her, let me just see. <clears throat> I think she was in her 70s. I wanna go, let's, let's ask the Google. How old was Naomi Judd when she died? Naomi Judd died on April 30th at age 76. April 30th. So that just happened just a few weeks ago. 76 years old. And when it first came out, it said, you know, Ashley, her daughter, released a statement, or both of her daughters, I don't know, collectively. It said, our mother has passed away. Her life was taken by something like by that horrible mental illness. And a lot of us were like, huh? Ta uh, your life was taken by mental illness. And I'm like, well, and I was talking to my husband about this. And I'm like, the only way mental illness takes your life is by suicide. Or if you're so unbalanced, you do something reckless and you accidentally killed your kill yourself, which in, in turn is still a different form of suicide. And so I was like, I, I bet she committed suicide because I'd remembered she'd dealt with some depression, but I didn't follow them. I mean, it's been decades since I really heard much about her. Um, and then shortly thereafter, several days or a week, it did come out. They released another statement saying that she shot herself and her own daughter, Ashley, found her dead. And I was just like, oh, that's just, I mean, the pain that you have to be in where you decide not only are you going to take your life, but you don't try to make some arrangements so that the police, fire, ambulance, someone else can find you, a neighbor. I mean, all of those are terrible options. I just know I would not want my daughter, 
mean, my daughter's a baby, but I would not want my daughter to find me dead, even if I hadn't commit suicide, because that must be so horrific that she did. And, you know, suicide is a tricky thing. It really is. It's tricky in the respect that to have any sort of expectation for someone who's taking their life is probably ridiculous because they are so tortured and so unbalanced and in so much pain that they're not thinking straight. They're thinking, this is my only option. But I guess part of me wishes that anyone who did this, or in her case, would have just said, you know what, I don't want my daughter to find me. That just seems, ugh, it just, it seems so nightmarish to be like, hey, mom, you know, you're knocking on the door. Like, why isn't she answering? Or maybe she had a key and she wanted to just check on her mom and then to find her. I just, ugh, my heart goes out to her and to anybody who has had to deal with suicide. You know, it's, uh, it puts a mark on your life in a way that most things don't. You know, I, I, I don't know. I've never experienced that. I'm trying to think if I've ever known anyone who has taken their own life. I'm trying to remember. I think there was a guy I worked with, but I didn't know him very well. Like he started working there when I was like out of town or something. I don't even remember him, but I think I had heard that maybe he took his own life. It's just, it's tragic. It's so tragic. And I've talked about suicide on this show before. And um, I think I, I always will in some capacity bring it up because I feel like it is a topic that people are so afraid of, rightfully so, but it doesn't help to not talk about it. It doesn't make it go away. It doesn't stop people from taking their own lives. If we're, gosh, don't, don't mention that, that's a terrible, taboo subject. Just in case anybody out there listening is feeling like they don't have help or anywhere to turn to, I do, as I always do, whatever I talk about this topic, want to give out the suicide hotline number. It's the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, and that's 800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255. And you can call, and this is only for if you really are thinking about taking your life. You can chat with them if you Google Suicide Hotline. They have a website. They have so many resources. So you are not alone. That's the thing. Depression, anxiety, all of that mental illness is the greatest liar. It's more of a liar than Donald Trump. <laughs> That's pretty hard to be. It will lie to you and tell you that this is your only option. And it's not, you know, the young lady who also took her life, oh, what was her name? Ch Kesley, Chesley, I think it was Chesley or Kesley. Um, she was a, 
a former Miss USA or Miss Universe, beautiful black woman. And I think it was earlier this year or late last year, she jumped off of her building or off of her patio and leapt to her death. And her mom recently spoke out. And I mean, this woman, anytime you see a picture of her, she's smiling and she was very gregarious and very involved. And she had like several degrees. So she was really smart and, and busy and doing charity work and all of these things. And her mom said she was really good at hiding, really good. And when you would ask her, hey, how are you doing? She would be like, I'm good. How are you doing? And really wouldn't open up to people. And she just felt like a burden, apparently, according to her mom. And so she took her life. So if anybody out there listening is feeling depressed or sad in a, a you know horrific way where you're thinking of this, or even if you're not thinking of it, but you're just low, just remember depression is a liar. It will say things to you that just aren't true. That voice in your head is probably your mom or your dad or somebody who had influence over you that was negative, that says you're unworthy, you're maybe ugly, you're fat, you're stupid, you're lazy, you'll never go anywhere, you'll never get anywhere, you can't do anything, you're a burden, you're worthless. All of those horrible things are not true. And it's sad. It's sad that Naomi Judd will never get to see her grandkids grow up. She'll never get to see the rest of her life. She was getting inducted to, I believe, the Country Music Hall of Fame the next night after her death. I'm sure that would have been a really, a really special moment, but obviously she was in so much pain, which is sad. So when I heard about that story, it definitely made me think about... Uh, the young woman who jumped off the building and forgive me, I can't remember her name and my phone just died. I would look it up and I don't want to be clack, clack, clacking on my computer because I've noticed that sometimes that does mess up the recording. Um, I'm going to take a break. And when I come back, we're going to shift to some more positive things or lighter topics that are on my mind. So stay with me. I'll be right back. Hey, it's Jody Rollins again, and I'm super excited to announce that Anchor, all of their tech support team, have solved the issues with my paid premium subscription episodes. So now they are available and ready for your listening pleasure. So if you need more of the show, if you crave more big time small talk, if you want a more intimate, a more personal experience, subscribe now. All you have to do is click the link in the show notes and follow the instructions. That's it. 
It's 15 bucks a month, and each of these premium subscription episodes are available for your listening pleasure on either the Anchor app or Anchor Online or Spotify app or Spotify Online. Unfortunately, not on Apple yet, but maybe someday. So sign up today and get more Big Time Small Talk. Welcome back. I did look it up while I took the break, and uh, the former Miss USA was Chesley Christ, who took her own life. And that's just, uh, I'm looking at a picture of her here, and she's just, you know, you never can judge a book by its cover because she looked beautiful and healthy and fit and strong and happy. And, you know, now she's no longer with us. But, um, I want to shift gears a little bit here, a lot of it, and just talk about some more positive things and happier things. And, you know, um, I do want to take a moment and thank you all for listening. If this is your first time listening, I don't know how you found the show, but I'm happy that you did, as I say, every, every episode at this point in the show. And uh, for those of you who have been listening all along. Thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it. If you want to help me grow the show, which is my plan, I'm just going to keep going and keep going. And the show just continues to grow. Um, I have thousands and thousands and thousands of downloads and it's because of you guys. So thank you, but please share the show, share the show with a friend or a family member or a foe, a coworker, you know, click the link to share and let them know, Hey, if you like podcasts, listen to this one. Or if you don't even like podcasts, check them out. You might like a podcast and you might enjoy this. Um, you know, this show is all about storytelling and real life issues, but then we have fun and then I, I, it's autobiographical. So all of those things. And I hope that you will share the show. In addition, please click five stars where applicable and write that written review where applicable, generally speaking, Apple podcasts. That makes a huge difference. So just take a couple minutes out of your day and just write the written review, especially if you like the show. If you don't like the show, well, just keep listening until you do. <laughs> um, but yeah, it makes a huge difference. If you want to get in touch with me, you can DM me, write me, email me. You have so many options. I'm on Instagram at Jody Rollins. I'm on Twitter at Jody's Box. And you can write the show at Big Time Small Talk Podcast at gmail.com. Or you can also leave a voice message through the show notes link. And in the show notes, there's a link that just says leave a voice message. I love hearing from you guys. It's really interesting. And I like hearing what you think about the show and all of that. And some of the stories you share with me about shows that I've done that have affected your lives in a positive way. So that's always really touching and warms the cockles of my heart, as they say. So please share the show and keep listening. And those are the ways to get in touch and uh, be involved. And don't forget, you know, I'm thinking about pausing, by the way. I know it's been a little crazy. I'm thinking about pausing my, um, what do you call it? Uh, premium episodes. My stepson is going into surgery 
this coming week. For those of you who may or may not be new or maybe have missed the shows, my 18-year-old stepson has osteosarcoma, which is a bone cancer. He has that in his knee. And so he's going, going to get what they call his resection surgery, which basically is they take out your joint and your bone and they give you a new titanium bone and joint. And I don't know if it's titanium, but it's some kind of metal. If they can get what they call clear margins, which is get all the cancer out to be able to do that, um, there's also the chance he could end up with an amputation. So either way, it's really a serious surgery. And this is the first of a few surgeries he has to get. So it's a lot. It's a lot for our family. And I have a newborn. Well, she's not a newborn. She's nine months old now. And um, I may have bitten off more than I can chew. So we'll see. Thank you to everyone who has signed up. I will definitely uh, let you know if if I do, I hate saying this, do do that, do do. <laughs> so that uh, you can either cancel your membership or if you feel like just continuing your membership to support the show, that's great as well. But I don't want to just take your money and give you nothing. So I would definitely let you know what's up. It's just, it's a lot. And it's, it seems like it's looming, you know, the surgery that's coming up and the hospital is two hours away. So it's a lot of back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Okay. So, um, so there's that. We'll see. I may at least take a break from the premium shows next week and then I'll come back. That's what I'll do. I'll take a break next week cause that's the surgery. And then I'll come back and kind of see how things are. We'll go from there. So thank you guys for your patience. Um, again, if you choose to cancel the membership, I completely understand. We'll see what happens. So I wanted to say more positive things and we'll turn it around. Obviously talking about cancer isn't fun, but as you guys know, when you listen to the show, you're going to get the real Jody. This is my real life. I talk about how I actually feel about things. You know, a friend of mine was like, you know, uh, well, it's not really a friend, somebody that I, I know professionally. And they're like, oh, what's your show about? And, you know, do you do a bunch of interviews? And I've done interviews, you guys, if you listen to some of my early shows, and I'll never say I won't do the, them again. Technically, it is very difficult um, when you don't have like a producer and great equipment. And that's that's part of it. I, I could still figure it out to make it sound the way I want to. But this isn't really an interview style show. I, I think I'll never say never, but I, I, I think right now I'm going to stick to the commentary sort of perspective. And, you know, it is to me, I think, kind of like when you read an autobiography. And uh, I enjoy that. I enjoy shows where it's just somebody talking and sharing stories, experiences, observations, all of that. And that's what I try to do here. So... Anyway, on to more positive things. Um, what else has been on my mind? You know, summer is coming. And I'm trying to think. My birthday is coming up in June. And then my baby's birthday is coming up in August. And do you guys ever feel, I want to talk about birthday pressure. Like, I'm, I'm you know, I'm no spring chicken anymore. 
I've had many of birthday parties, birthday parties that have turned out really, really well. When I lived in Los Angeles, when I first moved there, it was really hard to get to know people and meet people. And after a while, I did develop strong relationships and great friendships where I could have birthday parties where people would show up. And that's so important to me where I have friends that show up for me. And now that I'm older and I live in a place where I just, this is not, it's where I live, but it's never felt like my home. My home is where my husband is and my family, my baby, whatever, but I don't like it here. I don't like the desert, the heat, um, the food, <laughs> the, it's very dusty. I'm an outdoor person. It's not really pretty where I live. There's pretty parts to it when you have beautiful fields, the agricultural fields, you'll see beautiful flowers or, you know, fields of green grass and wheat and all of these things. But in general, it's a dusty kind of brown eh, kind of a place with all due respect to anybody who lives here who may be listening. Um, you know, there are positives here. It's just not for me. And not every place is for everyone. Places I would want to live, maybe the people here don't want to live. So no disrespect to the place I live. Um, but it's been really hard to find relationships that sustain here because I don't connect with people here. I don't share common interests. Like most of my friendships are ones that I had from before I moved here or a long times, long time ago before I moved here or people I've met who don't live here. And I've lived in this valley for almost 11 years. And I know a lot of people, but friends, like friends that I'm just like, I could cry to when my stepson got diagnosed with cancer that show up for me every single time. That's hard to find. And so I was thinking back to my original sort of point, which is birthday, like pressure. Do you guys ever feel like, especially women, and most of my audience tends to be more men than women, so I don't know, maybe guys too. It's like you you want to celebrate your birthday, but then it's like, I want to have a party, but then I feel all this birthday stress. I'm like, because then I'm, you know, my own party planner and I have to get all things together and I like it to be unique and I like to create these experiences. Like one year I did, this is one of my more favorite birthdays. I um, had all my girlfriends meet me up in Palm Springs, like some of the ones that lived here where I live in the valley um, in um, Southern California. We drove up and so I had, I don't know if it was like 10 girls or something like that. And there's this hotel, it's the Westin Hotel in Palm Desert, not Palm Springs. And they have this huge lake that surrounds the hotel. It's a man-made lake. And then they have a boat. You can take a free boat ride. You just tip the guy. And just around the lake, they have like a black swan. I think they had two black swans. And then you can just, you start in this one section, you go around the lake and then you come back. And then one of the restaurants that's in there is this, um, what's it called? Like a, is it the hibachi place where they like chop the stuff up in front of you on the big flat top, you know, where it's like frying it and they're like, they like throw the food in your mouth and things are smoking and steaming. And so we all met and we took the boat ride and then we went to that place and they chopped up all the stuff and they sing to you and it was just really fun. And then we went dancing. 
So I like to create these fun experiences. And then I end up putting this unnecessary pressure on myself because I'm like, okay, well, that was a cool experience. Now, what am I going to do next year and the year after that? And it's almost like trying to outdo yourself. And I'm just like, I am too old and too tired for this. And so I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do for my birthday. I'm thinking, you know, oh, that's another thing is I'll end up thinking, well, okay, well, if I invite 15 people, are 15 people going to show up? I mean, everybody's busy now. Most of my friends, like several of my friends own businesses, you know, and they're just like, I can't, I'm out of town, I'm here, I'm there. So it's hard to get people to show up. A lot of my friends have kids and they're like, oh, I'm out of town because little Johnny has basketball or little Susie has volleyball. So it was different when I was single because everybody was pretty much single or if they just had a boyfriend or girlfriend, then they didn't have kids. It was just if they were working, they couldn't come or if they were off, they could. But now, once you're past the age of 40, at least, at least in my experience, living in a place where I don't connect with the people, like I have my friends, but it's not the same as when you have that core group of girls. Or in my case, I have um, one of my best friends is gay. So, you know, but he lives in New York City. So I have really good friends that live in New York and Connecticut. And then I have good friends that live in New Hampshire and Colorado and Texas. And then I have a couple of friends that live in like the San Diego area. So everyone's kind of scattered. So I don't know. I don't know <laughs> what I'm going to do. For my birthday, I've thought about just like packing up my baby and going to see one of my really good friends in Texas and celebrating my birthday out there. Um, but airline tickets are expensive now just because of inflation. So I don't know. Do you feel birthday pressure? Because it's really kind of sad when you're like, okay, I didn't plan anything, especially if you're an outgoing person like me. And if you don't plan anything and no one else plans anything and you're just like, oh, ho-hum. It's just another day. Well, that feels depressing. So it's either pressure or depressing. And I know I do that to myself, but I'm curious. I'd love to hear from you guys. Is your birthday even a big deal to you? I mean, are you like one of those people, I don't celebrate birthdays. I'm too old or I don't even care. My birthday is just another day or the world needs to shut down because it's my birthday. Like, where do you fall? I feel like most people fall in one of those areas. It's either the world needs to shut down because it's my birthday, I don't celebrate birthdays, I'm just a day older, or birthday stress. I need to figure out what to do for my birthday stress. Or I don't know, some, some variation of those three. So that's what I'm thinking. And then on top of it, for the first time in my life, I, you know, I have a baby where it's like I'm in charge of planning her birthday. With stepkids, I would plan certain things, but I wasn't like the lead person. I mean, I was a lead on my stepdaughter's 18th birthday and I think her 13th, but um, she has a mom, you know? And so that's not like, I, I never wanted to steal her thunder. So this is my daughter and I'm in charge. There's no one else that's going to throw her birthday party if I don't do it. And I'm not saying I don't want to do it, but I'm like, I don't know what to do because she's born in August. And to me, like a little kid's, a one-year-old birthday party is like you have a pool party 
or you sit out in the backyard and you barbecue and then you have the, the baby like shove the cake in her face and all of that stuff. But again, I live in the desert. And yeah, August is hot everywhere. But, you know, growing up in Colorado, August was like maybe 99, maybe 102. August in the valley that I live in is anywhere from 115 to 120, generally speaking. And if it's not that hot, it'll be like 96 with 60% humidity. Don't believe the hype when they say that the desert is always dry heat. Not where I live. We get humidity up from the Gulf of Mexico. So I can't even go outside for her birthday party. We'll all melt. So it's got to be this indoor thing. And then we're just going to be sitting in there looking at each other. So then what do we do? Do we play games? Well, she's too young to do anything. So then I have these women and it's it'll turn into like another like baby shower. What do we do? Play board? Like, I don't even know what to do. Most of my family doesn't live here. So it's not like I have this huge, like, oh, grandpa's coming and, you know, everybody, grandma, blah, 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 where everyone's so excited to see the baby that it doesn't matter what you do. So I've just added even more stress to my life. I don't know. And I get it. These are first world problems, which I, I hate the saying, but it's really true. These aren't anything serious to worry about. You know, dealing with my stepson's cancer, that's serious. But I do want to make her birthday special. I mean, I guess for pictures, because that's she won't remember it. She'll have a moment where she gets to smash some cake in her face, which will be cute. But, um, you know, I don't know. I'd love to hear from you guys. If there are any moms out there, write me and let me know what you did for your, your baby's first birthday or dad's even. And did you feel pressure to create this experience, even though she's not going to remember it? <sighs> What do you think about birthdays? So anyway, I don't know if that's necessarily happy, but it's more positive than talking about some of the serious stuff that we were talking about before the break. And, um, you know, birthdays can be fun. But that's what's been going on in my mind, just from all of the different things I discussed today and all the topics that we covered. I'm just asking everybody out there, anyone who's listening, Hopefully, if you're listening to this show, you know, as it comes out, I know a lot of you listen to the shows because I look at the numbers. Thank you again for listening. But we'll listen to the show weeks later because you're busy and you want to catch up or maybe you listen to several shows. But if you could send some prayers and some positive universal vibes, if you're not religious or some, you know, virtual hugs to my stepson for a healthy surgery where he can keep his leg and that he has healthy margins so that they don't have to take so much and that he can just have a speedy recovery and live a long, happy life. I know that's really detailed, but if you could send him those prayers, my whole family would greatly appreciate it. I don't know if prayers work. I don't. I know some people think they for sure do, but I know they can't hurt and sending positive vibes certainly can't hurt. So I would appreciate it. And again, I know he would. I will speak on his behalf. In this case, I know he would. So I just wanted to do this show today, just sharing what was on my mind. And so I did. And that's my story. And I'm sticking to it. Oh.